This is the Command Your Brand podcast, where we talk to world changers, visionaries, and founders, people that are doing big things and changing this planet in a positive way. We're learning their stories, techniques, and exactly what you need to know so that you can do things in a big way. The time is now. Get ready to take command of your brand. What is up, everybody? Jeremy here. And guys, I'm super excited for today's episode because our guest today is somebody I've known for a long time. And I'm like, you know, how the hell haven't I interviewed him yet? Our guest today is Chase Harmer. He is the founder of PayCertify. He's doing some pretty awesome things in the world of fintech and payment processing. Chase, thank you so much for hanging out with me today, man. Absolutely, Jeremy. Good to be here. I want to know, you know, the world you're in, you're one of the big players in the merchant processing world, in the fintech world. But how did you get into that whole area? You know, like, how was that something that, that grabbed you, man? Well, I started in uh, payments when I was 19, but we started building technology in 2014. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was just a glorified salesperson, had no tech experience. And so kind of just had to work my way through it and figure it out. You know, I had an idea of what I wanted things to be like. Mm-hmm. But didn't know how to build it. So, you know, it just took a lot of uh, wrong turns at Albuquerque. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's you a know, Bugs Bunny reference for some people that right. don't know what that is. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. You don't want to end up in New Mexico, but we did a couple of times and glad that we're finally at a place where we really have something to deliver to the marketplace of scale and compete with some of the biggest players in the market like Stripe Connect. So, yeah. What, I guess, what separates you guys from players like that? Because I know like, you know, we've used merchant accounts for years, but I don't really know what makes one better than another or, or how does all that work? Yeah. Well, I mean, merchant accounts is, it's, it's a pretty boring part of the business, it's a, but it's a consistent money, like sure. insurance money, you know? So how do you make insurance money sexy is you add value with technology and you give people more perks and tools that they can utilize to help them businesses make more profit. And that's really what we've done. So mm. processing is a side effect of what we bring to the table, right? So clients coming to our, we can do give the same experience as Stripe. So you can come to us, you can get a merchant account instantly, but you also get card issuing accounts. So you get your card issuing for all your campaigns. We actually give ad attribution on all your ad sets and we do, and we're also a digital wallet and, you know, fraud prevention technology. So all the things that you'd have to go in out and integrate as a big brand or, mm-hmm. you know, a big service type of platform, we do it all in one shop and it's pretty easy to integrate. So I think that's the biggest difference is it's, that's why Stripe Connect is the only one in the marketplace arena that's able mm-hmm. to do that right now. But we actually built a competing solution that's a lot cheaper and, you know, it can connect to a lot of the platforms than, than just Shopify. So, well, and you know, what's interesting too, is I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think when you're working with like Stripe or PayPal or, or one of those, like in actuality, you don't have a merchant account. They're just processing things for you. And they're, they're in control of a lot of where your money goes and stuff like that. So like at the same time, you know, having a good relationship like that with a company to, to process your payments and things like that, you know, you actually have somebody on your side, which I think is important to mention. A lot of those processors, they're, going to be customer side first, which sometimes, you know, you get some pain in the butt customers and, you know, they're going to do some thing. You need, also need somebody on your side. Absolutely. You need somebody on your side, but yeah, they're not individual accounts. They're not attributed to the merchant. So, you know, technically the money's just sitting in their bank account and they can decide to give it to you or not. So mm-hmm. we actually give real individual accounts, but we can do the same approval timelines that PayPal or Stripe can. So although they do it in 10 minutes, we can do that too. And it's your individual account. And 
you know, eat your money. So I guess from that perspective, then, you know, how do we make more money on the money that we're making? Because I think that's one of the biggest things as a business owner you have to think about is how can you get things to work multiple times for you? So Mm -hmm. from your viewpoint, how do we make more money on the money we're already making? Well, I'll use the marketplace example, right? Because marketplaces are about are going to be about 70% of what we see the markets going in the next few years. 90% of 97%, I think, of all consumers in the last two months that have made two purchases or more have been doing those purchases inside of a marketplace, one marketplace or another, Amazon, Grubhub, DoorDash, all those, right? So in the example of the marketplace merchant, you have a lot of restaurants in the DoorDash example that need to get paid. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're not getting paid for seven days, even though they're serving 10 buckets of chow mein. So they're having problems actually you know, making payroll and those types of things. We yeah, it's a huge them- cash flow problem. Totally. So we can pay them in real time. And, and by doing that, we can offset DoorDash's costs entirely, right? So think about DoorDash's of the world, not just DoorDash in general, but like any merchant that's doing a marketplace that has other merchants that are inside of their marketplace, we can offset their entire cost of process transactions. So that's real profit right away, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you're issuing cards in your business, um, we're giving you up to 2% cash back on your money. So, and you can get real-time ad attribution. So I don't know if you've ever read ad sets, and you didn't know what was being spent in real time because it comes in as a clump as Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it gives you all the data kind of like afterwards. You got to figure out what the heck happened. Right. And it comes in as a clump. So if you're running like 10 campaigns, you really all comes in as a charge as Facebook. You don't know what campaigns doing what. So like we actually create cards on each campaign. So you get full ad attribution on every single social media platform and marketing platform. So you actually know what's happening in real time. Mm. And that makes a huge difference as well as like if you go into a weekend and you run out of a capital on your spend, we can actually float you lines and things like that to keep your keep your profitability going. So when we're when we're looking at this, then you know, one of the biggest things that's important is transparency in like financial transactions, right? Like whether it's mm-hmm. with the merchant account we're working with or whether it's with you know our customers. So I guess in terms of like being transparent the right way, like what things should we be considering as a business owner? Transparent how to your customers or? Well, like with fees and things like that, right? Like I don't think businesses aren't always open about like fees that are happening, charges that are happening. Like, oh my gosh, I had a maintenance fee. Where did that come from? So I guess like, how do we set up those relationships in the right way so they win for everybody? Right. So, I mean, that's part of why we did the all-in-one platform. So you don't have to go out and do contracts with all these other vendors and and kind of look at these maintenance items. Mm -hmm. We actually do it all for one low cost-effective rate and there is no maintenance fees or any of those types of fees. So you essentially can just do simple math at the end of the month and understand whether you're being charged correctly or not. You know, you can choose more complex billing models that actually might give you better, better cost effectiveness with certain business models. Sure. But if you want something pretty simple and you want to understand what you're getting charged every month and and not be uh, surprised by some new fees coming in, um, we can absolutely do that by just providing you with a simple model, like a flat rate that includes everything. So... Well, Chase, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. You did a $100 million raise in a video sales funnel. Is that correct? Yeah. So we're in the process that we've done about half of it already. Okay. And we just launched about a week ago. So mm-hmm. yeah, but we've raised about $25 million in capital previous to that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, I guess, to run a company like ours, it just requires a lot of capital, a lot of overhead. And mm-hmm. in order to provide all the profitability back to the merchants, you know, we have to build infrastructure that supports that. So Yeah. So from that perspective, then one of the biggest things a lot of growing brands have needed, like, you know, you look at companies like Amazon, you look at brands like that, like to grow, you mm-hmm. need to raise capital, man. You need it sure. fast because you got to pay for a lot of things you haven't made money on yet. Sure. So from your perspective, 
how do we do a successful raise, you know, from somebody that has done a successful raise? It's a formula, you know, so, you know, when I bootstrap the first, I think it's always easier if you're trying to prove concept with something and build an MVP that Mm -hmm. you use some of your own capital. You're not just trying to go out there and seek capital because it shows that you have a vested interest. You have some skin in the game, right? Yeah, it's it's 100%. If you don't have skin in the game, I mean, you know, really, like I always put everything on the line. So I feel like Mm -hmm. you got to be there, but you know, and that also shows that you're very passionate about what you're doing. You know, so people tend to believe in you more when you're going to speak about it. You know, I raised money from a lot of uh, clients that we did business with before in the past. So I was doing sales in the processing business, but I utilized all those relationships and actually raised 25 million from them. You know, and I didn't actually go out to the market. This was the first time that we went out to the market, but we actually used a formula. Mm. You know, we created a formula to do this and it's not something that's ever been done in fintech before. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really kind of following a sequence of events on a funnel, on a set a video sales funnel that takes them into a spot where they're interested. And then we set up a call, set up NDAs, give them access to a data room. And then at that point, they have a call with the founder and we can push them into Carta on the back end. So we have Carta managing our cap table. Um, and anybody out there that's doing a raise or, you know, or trying to manage cap tables with employees or a lot of investors. I would recommend a service like that uh, mm-hmm. because it's, it gets really hard to manage it on Excels when you're taking on investment money all the time. So, yeah. I mean, it just gets really clumsy. So, to me, you know, everything's got to look professional, and especially if you're raising a lot of money, you definitely have to look like you deserve to get it. So, I think that's a big part of the deal. But I think at the same time, like you mentioned, you know, that one of the end steps is they meet with the CEO and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that at the same time is that people buy people, right? They buy like, you know, you mentioned like, hey, you got to look the right way and things like that, but they also buy your story. Mm -hmm. And from your perspective, how do we tell a story that, you know, sells and is going to help people to want to be a part of that? Yeah. Well, I think if you're building something exciting, people like to understand the facts, right? Or get to the juice, right? Why would I be interested? And why do I give two shits, right? And then- Mm -hmm how long is it going to take me to make my money back? And when can I make my money back? Right. And what problem am I actually solving? Is it a big enough problem where I'm interested to solve that problem or that I see that a market value? So understanding that market opportunity and then being able to visualize how that's going to be capitalized and then in how long it will take us to realize that return. Right. Because as an investor, on the other side of that coin, that's what I'm interested to know, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm putting money out on the table, like, when am I actually going to get it back? Like, mm. you know, you know, am I going to wait like 20 if years? you get it back. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, investments <laughs> are a risk, right? It's not all guaranteed, you know, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, returns aren't guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, if, if you're smart and you understand what you're investing in and you realize the opportunity and do your research, you know, there's opportunity out there. So- you know, you deal with a lot of money. You've seen a lot of different trends out there. There's people that have been in on crypto, add on crypto. I know that even a lot of regulations have come up more. I think in the latest infrastructure bill, they're talking about there could be new taxes and things for crypto and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So from your perspective, you know, how hot are you on the crypto world and how much do you think that's going to become part of our payments in the future? Yeah. I mean, it's already becoming part of our payments. I mean, banks are already recommending. America's Bankers Association just said that banks should be considering relationships with you know crypto and blockchain companies that are out there um, exchanges that's basically suggesting that it is the future i mean bet chase bank you know the first mm-hmm. they came out and said hey 
crypto's stupid. And then Jamie Dimon's like, yo, we built crypto. You know, they they wanted to actually have a leg up until kind of build that scarcity, I think, into the model. But it's it is the future. Um, mm-hmm. you know, everyone was right about Bitcoin. I invested a lot of money into blockchain and cryptocurrency when it was like at $3,000. And, but I utilized a lot of that capital to help fund uh, my business, you know, so because I invested a whole bunch into that market at the right time. Uh, so I feel like it's the, definitely the future. It's definitely faster to, you know, send transactions, pay and get paid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're doing business internationally, it's quite more effective to do it uh, that way than through like a bank transfer or an ACH or something like that. So um, definitely definitely high on that. And I think uh, that's the world that we're going towards. And if you're not thinking that way, then you must be on a different planet. You think that scares governments a little bit though? Cause they're like, we kind of don't manage this. We don't own this. Like, I, cause I know the IMF hasn't been so great on it. And you know, you, you hear the, the fed has been talking a little negatively on it. Do you think it scares them a little bit? Cause they haven't issued it. Well, if you look at like, like XRP, right. They got in trouble because they did, the rules have been pretty loose. I think mm-hmm. that they, they made an example out of them when they, they did $30 million transfer or share transfer without actually proper documentation. And they put them in SEC, SEC hell, you know, and essentially blocked all trading on their platform here in the United States. I mean, I have a ton of Ripple and XRP. That's why I know I'm like, I'd love to sell some of this, but you can't right now. But that, they made an example out of them because they're a bigger one. Mm-hmm. And they were like telling everyone, hey, we're watching. We're going to start you know, taking notice and other crypto companies, uh, you know, blockchain companies, you know, get your head on a swivel, you know, because we're actually going to put regulation around this because they do understand that this is the future. They're coming to their senses. They're just a big moving, you know, they're a big, huge 800 pound machine, you know, that just takes forever to do anything and just creates money like it, uh, it's growing on trees because it does over there. Well, looking at you as a founder, Chase, if we come back to that, you know, we've mentioned, you know, a lot of your achievements and you've done a lot of great things and you continue to do them. What attributes do you think as a founder are kind of most important to your success? Like what things do you think about you have made you most successful? Just resiliency. I think when you're building something, especially when you don't, nobody really knows what they're doing when they start. You know, they have an idea about what they want to accomplish. But what we started out building initially is completely different than what we have now. I think what really, you know, because there's plenty of times where I question my insanity, my sanity at all, just because it was so difficult to do what we're doing. It's just keeping one step in front of the other, you know, is continuing to move forward despite what it looks like right so sometimes it's not pretty sometimes you're going through like your own hell your own version of that you know Mm -hmm. and so it's going through that pain and getting to the next level in the game and just continuing to move forward because as you continue to move forward shit just happens you know when you stop and you get scared or you're just like questioning yourself every fucking thing stops everything stops you know so like you don't have a chance right so the only real solution is to continue to go forward. And I know that. And so even though it's really, really painful sometimes, you know, just taking the next step forward is that's like, that's the greatest thing that you can do, you know? It's interesting because I feel like society puts a lot of attention on those failures, right? Sometimes you got to do a lot of things wrong before you do something right. And if you can look at how can I learn from each one of those things, like, well, you know, you keep making too many lefts, eventually make a right and takes you in the right direction. It's how it is. It's easy to say that, right? So like, it's mm-hmm. easy to say that. And everyone's like, oh, well, you, it was failure is cool. Like, no, it's not. It, failure sucks, dude. And, oh, and, it's and, horrible, man. I'm it not going to lie. Sucks. <laughs> and like, and if you're out there in the public, you know, it's like, you know, I made it pretty well known. Hey, like we're out here, we're doing this. And, you know, it, when you get slapped in the face, you know, it's like, hey, like 
I mean, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? That's what they say. And I feel like it's how you respond and continue to go forward because it's easy to say, oh, failing is, you know, yes, part of the thing. Yeah. If you're doing something innovative, if you're not constantly failing, then then you're not doing something right. I mean, yeah. because ultimately, if you're doing something that every everybody else has already done, then it's it'll be easier, you know, mm-hmm. and you have a path that someone already did for you. But if you're trying to create something and innovate something that really hasn't been done and there's no roadmap for it, don't don't beat yourself up so hard. Just realize that that's part of the process, you know? Yeah. I say that, but I was like really bad at that. (laughs) (laughs) I I I think a lot of us are, man. I think it's like kind of the more you do it, the more it goes thing. Like, dude, I made some really bad decisions, you know, lost a lot of money on credit cards, but you figure it out and you kind of go where you got to go and you get head in the right direction. You kind of chalk it up to experience sometimes. It's it's definitely easier said than done, but like that's what makes you resilient, like you said. Yeah. I mean, it's just growing. Like David Goggins says, you callous your mind, you know? It's like, I just got done reading that book and I just, that's exactly what this experience, this journey has been like, you know, it's just, you just get used to it and you just, it's part of the process and you just keep moving forward and it's painful and it sucks. And in, while you're in the journey, it's the journey is a bitch, you know, Mm -hmm. but you know, when you are starting to see the other side of it and you understand where you're coming and you can actually absorb where you are, I think that's give yourself some credit, you know? So well, yeah. Chase, I've really enjoyed our conversation today, man. For people that want to find out more about you, follow you and find out what you're doing, man, where's going to be the best place for them to go? Yeah, they go to profitpay.io. You can learn more about our company. We're also doing an investment round as well. So of course, if you're interested and you're accredited, we'd love to speak with you. We are the next big thing in fintech and already on our way to a multi-billion dollar valuation. So I'd love to have those conversations and, and get on the line with anybody that is indeed interested. And you can email me directly at chase at paycertify.com dot com pay certified profit pay obviously just went through a merger but we haven't flipped over our emails yet so very cool well chase harmer thank you so much for hanging out with me today man cool all right man